graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. Deviants, welcome to show. I am the Clinteris, and I am here with. The Gooch. <laughs> and I'm the Devo Ren. <laughs> and we are the Social Deviants, who are here today to talk about the number one movie in America. The movie that people have been waiting for for years and years and years and years. And actually, the movie that some people have been dreading for years and years and years. And that movie is Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Nothing Dino, do you want? Do you, Nothing do you want to start this? I know. I just. It just. It, it's. It's a hard. So, it's a hard one to start at. To be honest with you. So. So um, this. Uh, this. This movie was released December twentieth, twenty nineteen. It was made on a budget of two hundred seventy-five million dollars, and at this recording, which is July fourth, I believe, on Wikipedia. It says that the box office is eight hundred and fifty-one million dollars, which I'm assuming will you mean continue. January. To, uh, yeah, January fourth, twenty twenty. Uh, <laughs> is that today's date? Apparently, yes, we jumped to the fourth of July. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Independence Day, baby. Uh, eight hundred fifty-one million dollars. I'm assuming it's going to get a little. It will go a little bit higher than that. Uh, but yeah, so there you have it. Um, any first initial? Uh, everyone's seen the movie. I saw it twice. How many times mm. have you seen it, Devo? Uh, I met three times. And Gucci saw it once. Okay. I saw it once. So I want to give you guys the floor to just give your initial thoughts. Um, so for me, uh, being the resident Star Wars super fan nerd, uh, this movie made me horny for Star Wars again. Um, it's, it, it made me appreciate The Force Awakens a lot more. It made me realize how disconnected The Last Jedi is from the entire trilogy and also the entire Star Wars universe, dare I say. Um, you know, I will stand by saying that I do enjoy The Last Jedi, uh, but there's just so much in this movie that as a hardcore Star Wars nerd um, and not one of these um, fucking cucks that are just complaining about every single goddamn thing on the internet, um, <laughs> there's a lot in this movie that I really appreciate and made me fall in love with Star Wars again. You know, just the way that you see different force powers being used, um, uh, all the cameos that they had in here, it was just basically like... J.J. Abrams like, hey, this is the last movie. We're going to be jerking you off with every single arm that we have in this in this movie. Um and watching it for the third time, I was sitting down and I'm like, you know what? For me, watching Star Wars so often, having it be such a big part of my life personally, uh, I want Star Wars to be fun. When you watch A New Hope, Empire, Jedi, they are fun. You go, you get sucked into the journey. When you watch the prequel trilogy, they're not fun. And I think that's one thing that I never really noticed until I watched this movie. The Force Awakens started to bring the fun back to Star Wars. The Last Jedi kind of cut it all off. And then this movie, just from start to finish, it's it's a fun watch for me. Um, and it made Star Wars fun again. Um, as for me, I had a lot of reservations watching this film because I didn't like The Last Jedi. I mean, I, I, I agree with Devo. It's very disconnected from the films. Um, 
what I learned from watching this film is that I'm a sucker for nostalgia. I like the nostalgic part of The Force Awakens, and I like the nostalgic parts of this film. Um, and again, to go back to what Devo said, is that um, they're not fun. The only fun movie that I, the one the one movie I thought fun was from the new from the new series, not the new trailer, the new series of films. It was uh, Rogue. Uh, what's what, Rogue, Rogue One? one. Yeah. Thought it was good. It was a good, high adventure. Um, they had good cast of characters. It felt like it could be part of the originals, the original series. Yeah. Um, so that one apart, I think that one out of all of them is the best one, just because they didn't need nostalgia. It was that's a plainly a good movie, and it's a fun to watch movie. So for anyone, if you guys want to watch anyone, watch Rogue One. Um, it's it's, it's a great film. Uh, but as for this one, the only thing that this stood out was the nostalgia part of it. Everything else, I mean, you could tell that. You could tell that it's a movie that was harried, hurriedly. Uh, 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 it was harried to be to be uh, to be uh, uh, completed. So it was it was done too quickly, um, and obviously because you know he was they had to change directors and whatnot. Um, I'm glad they did because I don't think uh, what's the last Jedi's director, uh, Ryan Johnson or whatever his name is. What's his name? Ryan Johnson. Ryan yeah. Johnson. I don't think he did Star Wars any favors. With the Last Jedi, um, I believe that Abrams picked up the pieces and made a super nostalgic movie, which in turn was fun for the people like us. I had a good time watching it. I don't really think it's a great film, but I had fun watching it. Uh, some of it didn't make any sense. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I understand we'll that. some of the stuff. Yeah, we'll get into that. I'm sure we will. <laughs> to me, it was it was a fair movie. It really was. It was. It's definitely a lot better than Last Jedi. Uh, Force Awakens was was done better because he had J.J. Uh, Abrams had all the movie time to do it. But out of all the what the four movies that came out, four five movies that are out of the new season, I know this is the last trilogy, right? But I uh, out of the nine original trilogy movies. This, what is it? I hate the Phantom Menace. I hate the Last Jedi. <laughs> uh, this is probably the, you know what? I don't. I don't hate the Clone Wars or what is it? The Attack of the Clones as much as I hate this one. Oh, I dislike them because I don't like this one. I hate Phantom Menace and I hate uh, Last Last Jedi. But, um. Yeah, it's it's not that high on the list, but it's a fun movie to watch. I mean, I don't know if I'd go watch it again, maybe with you guys, but I, I definitely wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again. So, uh, did this movie suffer from any sort of issues with the director? Because I know that Colin Trevorrow was originally slated to direct it, but wasn't he dismissed early on, like pretty much during um, uh, Last Jedi time? Well, the whole thing was that it wasn't not only the director, they had to change the writing. Like the script was different, so the script followed a lot more to what the Last Jedi was, right? Mm. So J.J. Abrams took the script and was like, "This is garbage," or change it to what his view of it was. So that's why Force Awakens feels like it, if it went Force Awakens and then uh, and then what is it the this last one? The Rise of Skywalker. It, it, Skywalker it would make it would make more sense even if there was a whole mi- whole movie missing there. It would make more <laughs> sense than just watching this one again and then watching the, the you know what I mean? Just because there's Fair a bit enough. of flow there. 
but uh yeah i don't i mean it's it's because of that i don't know Mm. I mean, there's a there, there's a three hour cut out there somewhere. People, I was reading about it. There's a, there's a speculation. There's a three hour cut, like a director's cut. Well, there isn't a director's cut, but um, Dominic Moynihan did mention that hey, there was a lot of stuff that was filmed oh, okay, that wasn't okay. used in the final cut. So he hopes oh, that okay, at some point they yes, release right. a director's yeah, cut. That's right. That's what it was. Uh, as for me, I really, I, I when I first saw this movie, I. I I really didn't know what to think of it. I was just sort of letting it wash over me, just sort of, um, you know, taking in all of the events that took place and, you know, the ups and downs of the film, because the film really could, kind of tried to take you for a couple different loops during the course of it. Um, and then even at the very end, kind of went back and forth on different things. And then at the end of it, I was, and there was a couple things that I thought were in this movie that were very, un, that were very, I didn't feel like Star Wars, so to speak. But, uh, you know, you're trying to sort of, you know, wrap up a, you know, three decades, four decades worth of films and this one film and, and nine film, nine films in total, eight previous films. And you're trying to sort of wrap it all up and give it this sort of gravitas and, and, uh, and still be cognizant of the previous films in a lot of ways. And, uh, I thought at the end of it, I just really didn't know what to think of it. I, I just thought that I would need to watch it again before. I really could give an, a, a, you know, an opinion of whether or not I liked it. And so then I went to go see it again in the theater. And I thought as I was watching it, I started to really be able to enjoy the scenes that I was really just sort of trying to, you know, I didn't know what was happening on the scene or I didn't know what, what this was leading to or, and, and, but after watching it once and being able to see it again in hindsight and just being able to truly just enjoy those moments, I actually really enjoyed the film. I really liked it a lot. And I think that, um, I think like Devo mentioned, uh, I think it's interesting because I think Devo before you, this movie came out, you had sort of really, uh, thought that the last Jedi was a good film. And I think the film got like was had critical acclaim and so forth. And I think that maybe Star Wars Force Awakens was criticized for being a little bit too nostalgic, which I actually loved, like Gooch mentioned. I, I love that stuff yeah. and I'm a sucker for it and I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, just give it to me all day. I love the original Star Wars. So it's, it's like a Ramstein song. Ramstein made, they make good songs that sound all the same, but I just happen to like that one song. So keep doing it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so when this, when I saw this movie, not only did it have that nostalgia, but it sort of tried to, um, you know, fill in the holes that Last Jedi created. Um, and I don't think it filled in all of them, but it tried to do its best of filling in a lot of them really early. So that way you could focus on the story that was being told in this particular film. And so uh, being able to watch it again really solidified some of those questions where you're like, wait a second, what does that mean? And then you get to think about it and then you watch it again and you're like, oh, okay, I'm past trying to figure out what it means. And now I'm just trying to enjoy the action and the, and the characters and the acting in this film. And, and I really enjoyed it. I, I don't know where I rank it yet. I need to see it more, um, more times to really rank it against some of these other films. Uh, but I, I yeah. think I liked it just as much as Force Awakens, and I really liked Force Awakens. I still, but I still think Less Jedi, Less Jedi has really cool stuff in it, kind of like Phantom Menace has really cool stuff in it. But it's a dog doo doo movie, personally. So, uh, and 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 this movie makes me makes me better understand how much dog doo doo the Last Jedi is. Now, <laughs> with that said, I do enjoy the Last Jedi. Um, uh, I. I do appreciate that Ryan Johnson took liberties and tried to do a lot of different things with Star Wars, um, and I'll support that all day. But at the same time, when you watch these three movies in order, The Last Jedi, it's like it's a it's it's a complete left turn, and then 
the rise of Skywalker has to kind of right the ship. Um, but you know, with that, there's a lot of things that happen in the last, well, I'm not going to say a lot of things, but there are some things that happened in the last Jedi that JJ and his writing team were able to kind of improve upon. Um, like the whole force bond that Kylo and Ray have, like JJ took it to a whole new level when they were actually physically engaging with each other. And they were able to kind of determine like, Oh, now I know where this bitch is at, or I know where Kylo's at or, you know, whatever. <laughs> and just the way that they were able to engage and then the way they incorporate that at the very end when Kylo or yeah. sorry Ben Solo is facing off with the, the Knights of Ren and I'm like oh shit she's actually going to slice up the Emperor and become Empress right and then the lightsaber disappears and Kylo Ren has it I was like dude that was badass like that's a really cool different use of the force that we had never seen before yeah, and I think that that's what you, what you're what you're talking about, Devo, is really the thing that made me like this movie was that they use these these things that maybe the Last Jedi in, it introduced that people were like, "What the fuck is going on here?" But then they used it to their advantage and actually made them like in, integral plot points, you know? Because yes, you couldn't have some of the stuff that happened couldn't happen if the thing in Last Jedi hadn't been established, you know. Um, and that brings me to this, to the, to what I wanted to start talking about some of the questions I had for you guys. And so let me start off with that one first. Um, so in The Last Jedi, the way that it's explained is that Snoke, um, sort of is creating this mind meld, for lack of a better term, even though I know the Star Trek term, this sort of mind connection, but force mind connection between Ray and Kylo that allows them to see each other from a distance. Uh, but without kind of knowing where each other is, so to speak. And, but he, it was revealed that he was doing that. So to reintroduce that into this film after Snoke is presumably dead, I was curious if either of you thought, uh, if, if that they were doing it on their own. And that's why maybe it became much stronger, much more powerful because they were doing it themselves. Or do you think that Sidious, um, after the reveal that Snoke was basically a Sidious puppet, uh, do you think that Sidious was actually doing it this time? And that's why it was stronger. I don't think Sidious was doing it. I think what happened is that through Snoke, maybe he connected the two, not realizing who these two people were. I mean, maybe he knew exactly who Rey was because obviously it's his granddaughter, but I don't think he realized that they are the dyad of the Force. And um, that's one thing that I really appreciate about this movie as well because the dyad, um, that whole area that that uh, Palpatine was uh, chilling in with like that that weird like upside down pyramid with all the lightning going. Going, that's something that came from Rebels. The Dyad of the Force is something that was explored in the Clone Wars cartoon. So there's this tie-in to their new expanded universe, so to speak, um, that they're bringing into the movies. And that's something that I really, really, really appreciated. Um, and so uh, going back to this whole Dyad thing, I think it's because Ray and Ben are the this Dyad and that made their connection to each other that much stronger. So that way when, um, even though Snoke is gone they're still connected somehow and then that connection grows even more and more to where now they're able because even when they first like uh um when ray first re or uh, kylo first reaches out to ray she op she ignites her lightsaber and she goes to attack him and he blocks it and like she looks at it she's like Whoa, what's happening right now like she's shocked that she was actually physically able to to hit him with a lightsaber so um you know it's just another ability that was i think heightened because of their power and their connection to each other through the force. You know, I never liked that in, this, in these films. I, I always had a hard time understanding or not understanding it, but like 
grasping that whole thing where like they're actually fighting each other but they're not actually there type thing um uh it's like when they're like you had an example like it's it's hard it's not it's just i something i don't like it's it's not that it's not good i I mean there's good acting in between them but it's i it's it's um, it was i think it's a bit silly and a bit hokey like did did, did you did you not like it how it was how it was portrayed between uh kylo and ray or what did you feel about how it was portrayed in last jedi between uh luke and kylo at the very end i thought in i thought in last jedi see what the thing is always with with last jedi i mean like he's like pretty much giving up his life to do that he's not he's like they did that in this movie too well, no, no, extent. I'm talking about, no, I'm talking about when he, when he, you're talking about when he, when he astro, uh, astro, astro projects himself. Project, yeah. Exactly. Astro projects himself to fight the whole army. Right. But Leia did the same thing in this exactly. movie. Exactly. That's did. what I'm saying. I, I, I don't think it's as good as this. This is, oh God, this one was with that. But, um, <laughs> I just, but at I, the same time, like I, I, I will give the JJ and his writing team credit. They were able to incorporate Leia and Carrie Fisher, uh, even though she was dead. Yeah. I, I thought that was okay. I, I Dude, actually liked the scene where they were fighting. Uh, I didn't recognize even, it was any CG. I don't know if there was. I don't know what happened, but I was dude, like, "Whoa!" So, so, dude, when so she takes off her mask when they're fighting, that looks CG. Well, that, oh, that, that looks so CG. She was young. That, that's CG because yeah, they were uh, they were youngified. But uh, every every scene with Carrie is footage used from the Force Awakens yeah. that wasn't used in the final movie. The only CG in those scenes are her clothes. Her her yeah. clothes. She's wearing her general outfit from the Force Awakens, but here they put on a brand new outfit for her. Her master, her general master robes right, or whatever right. you want to call them. Are they did a good job because I couldn't tell. I was like, what, "Is that like a scene that they shot that wasn't in a movie, or was that like, yeah?" What are they animating? I couldn't tell. It was done. And well. so there's there's a couple of scenes where it's like you know Ray and Leia are talking, or like Leia's talking to somebody else, and it's like the scene that was recorded for the Force Awakens. That dialogue they had to write around that for this movie, and so I felt that there are some times where the communication between Leia and some of the other characters wasn't natural. Mm. And uh, that kind of took me out of it. I mean, just knowing that Carrie wasn't there and she wasn't really a part of it and that that scene was intended for something else in a different movie, uh, that kind of just pulled me away from it. But, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's like without creating a completely CG character, I think they did a really good job of of bringing life to Carrie Fisher's. I I agree. I thought they did a great job with, with recycling what they did in Force Awakens in this movie. I, it is a little bit clumsy in some scenes, but for the most part, I was like, other than knowing that she's actually dead, I thought it was, I mean, if you didn't tell someone that she was dead, you could tell that you would, there's no way to tell. Exactly. Yeah, there's no, there's exactly. no way to tell if you didn't, if you didn't know. Um, so, did, I mean, I thought they did a good job there. Since you mentioned this, Gooch, did, what did you, what did you feel about them revealing that Leia was a Jedi master who had been trained by Luke and having given up her lightsaber. I can't remember what it was. Diva, what, what, why did she give it up? It was like kids she wasn't, or something so like that? So she wasn't a Jedi master. She was she was compl- in the process of completing her Jedi training. Okay. But um, uh, according to Luke, she had a vision yeah. that at the end of her Jedi training, her future Jedi son would die. And so that tweaked her somehow. And she's like, I'm not going... like." She's like, because I become a Jedi, that means my son's going to die. So I'm going to stop my path. And she's all, my saber will be passed on to somebody else who's just as deserving or what have you, you know? Um, and that's why when we, she, we pick up at The Force Awakens, she's a general. She's not a Jedi. 
So they explain why she didn't pursue her Jedi stuff, which I thanks, you know, we need that. The whole thing about her being a very powerful Jedi, she's actually more powerful than Luke. Um, Even in the extended universe, the one that he scrapped, she she was a more attuned Jedi user, like a, a force user. So it came to her more easily. And, her, and it, it, it was passed on to her offspring. Yeah, offspring. Well. Her, 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 yeah uh, uh, what is it? Ben and Jason and Jaina. Yeah, Jason and Jaina, and then and then Obi Wan. Um, they were all. No, ben, ben was Luke's. Ben was Luke's. Who was the third yeah. one? Who was the third? Uh, Anakin. The third one? Anakin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were all extremely powerful uh, force users because of because of Leia, and I like that that it showed that. Um, and it's always it was always her choice not to follow. By the way. She never wanted to follow in that in that footsteps, but Luke always knew. He always he would always tell people it's like she's the she's way stronger than the Force than I am. Okay, so let's go back to the to the very beginning of the film, and I think Devo, you mentioned that you kind of didn't like how they sort of moved it along so fast, but actually, I really love that that they just jumped right into it, um, yeah. and he, and he was just moving along. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that real quick before I have my ask my question. I think for me, that was more of a first viewing sort of like, oh my gosh, this is happening sort of thing. And then <laughs> everything just kind of rushed for me. Um, you know, it's like when you like the first time you, you, you touch a vagina, you're, you're just going to nut instantly, right? Um, but uh, watching it the second and third time, it didn't have that same fast pace for me. Like it's, it's fast paced, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like, okay, they're trying to shove 30 minutes of story within a five minute time span. Um, uh, you know, when Kylo goes to Mustafar to get the Wayfinder, like that scene actually plays out kind of slowly because you get to see him just in a badass way slaughtering all these people, picking up the Wayfinder, then going to Palpatine. Um, then you don't need this giant, long, drawn-out entrance to introduce him to Palpatine. Um, you know he's already alive from the from the credits or the, the crawl, so it mm-hmm. is what it is. It's just reintroducing him, seeing him as like this sort of like physical specter, which I thought was really cool. Um, you know, understanding that he has a sense of control over Kylo, you get to see um, parts of Snoke in the vats, which is a throwback to the um, extended universe Emperor cloning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even even in the Last Jedi, I always felt that, um, or uh, the Force Awakens, I felt that Snoke was a failed clone of the Emperor. Um, I don't know if that's actually the case, or if it's just some being that Palpatine was trying to create. Um, he could be trying to create a new body to put himself through. Um, but that was another EU Harkin um, for me, and I felt, especially in the first probably um actually no like even with the the final order and the whole giant fleet and stuff there's there's some aspects of this movie that felt very eu to me um but you know again watching it for the third time it had a much more digestible pace and and i appreciate it a lot because you don't spend too much time with kylo um you get to see some cool aspects of Ray's training um like when she's floating around and all those rocks are going around her apparently mm. um my understanding is that that was a, a scene intended for luke's training in the empire strikes back but because of technology money time constraints they weren't able to do it so getting to see it in action and then when she's like oh they're not like communicating with me and like she just like this little like floaty flip like that's cool yeah um so you went over some of this stuff so do you you don't think that snoke was a clone of sidious uh originally i did but when 
I heard like the way that Palpatine phrases it, he says, I created Snoke and then you see Snoke's, you know, body parts in the vat. Yeah. I have a feeling that Snoke might have been an experiment to create a new body um, because that's what the that's what Palpatine does in the extended universe. Um, he creates these, these like there's all these vats of clones, and he has the ability to transfer his essence into these clones. Um, and I think maybe that Snoke was a failed version to where he wasn't able to transfer himself, but he could control it in a way. Um, and so, uh, you know, maybe he used that to his advantage to create this, um, you know, this new head of the snake, as it were, to create the first order um, to, quote unquote, train Kylo Ren um, until the time was right to kind of reveal himself and use Snoke as a tool to push Kylo Ren deeper and deeper to the dark side. And if, if it isn't a clone of his, uh, I mean, obviously he's I guess this is the Sith homeworld now. From what I understand with the movie, um, yeah, it's a, an, well, it's not the a, Sith homeworld. It's a stronghold or something. It's it's an ancient uh, ancient Sith world that was like lost forever. Or okay, something so like it's that. not it's, the homeworld yet. No. Okay. So, anyways, so I would I was thinking is if it's not the clone, it's he probably used like Sith knowledge and created some biological puppet that was easily controlled by the Force. Probably yeah. That's the other thing. That's the only other thing I could imagine. Which is that's why you could have multiple ones. So if one dies, it's like, oh, I'm not dead yet. Here I am. You know, um, which makes the difference. Like if he had all these clothes, why didn't he just bring Snoke back after he gets his head chopped off in from Last Jedi? Well, he but didn't need to because at that yeah, point he, he, he pushed he pushed Kylo to become yeah, the supreme leader. So exactly. Yeah, and <laughs> at that point, Kylo essentially becomes what Darth Vader was supposed to be. Right. Right. Um. <clears throat> So this Sith Wayfinder that they mention, uh, is that the is that the same as a holocron? Do the holocrons exist in this new uh, Star Wars universe now that they've sort of retconned all the other stuff? We haven't what seen the that? holocrons in the movies, but the holocrons do exist in the animated series and in some of the video games. And this is um, not one of them. The, uh, the Wayfinder, it, I think it's just a map. Um, okay. A holocron is essentially like think of it like a USB drive. You know, well, you just dump some data on there. From what I understand, is that it's it it can it can't be a holocron, right? I, from what I was, I mean, I read a couple more. People say that it is, and some people say it isn't, right? Because it, it, people people will say that it is because it's holding data, like you're saying, but it just happens to hold me holding map data, so it's a map holocron, right? Oh, gotcha. So yeah, yeah. it's like they're they're you know they're uh, they're splitting hairs at this point. Is it po- probably a holocron they're going to retcon later? That probably is going to be a, hol- a, a, a a Jedi holocron, right? Okay, so that's the my that's my next question. If there's a Sith wayfinder, is there a Jedi wayfinder? Uh, I mean, at that point, it's like what little Gooch said. It's like think of it like a GPS device. Yeah, exactly. yeah I'm sure like, there it will be. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Like, uh, you know, maybe Yoda had one and be like, "Hey, any any Jedi who find this, this is where you can find me on Dagobah." You know, but yeah. okay. Um, In so, that case, Luke had Obi Wan Kenobi to do it, so yeah. it don't <laughs> matter. Fair enough. Imagine fair he, enough. like uh, like uh, Luke put the Wayfinder into R two D two in the Last Jedi. He did. Like, that was supposed he to did. be a, a hidden planet that he was on. Yeah, yeah that, that the last piece of the map. Yeah, the last yeah. piece of the map. It's a good point, Gooch. Yeah. Uh, so this the this secret armada of start. Or, well, I guess they were star destroyers. Uh, that the yeah, they were. emperor conjures. The, I could not tell. They mentioned the word conjured. I think uh, in the movie, and I didn't. And it just they came out of the ground or the soil or something. And I didn't know whether you guys thought that they were just 
buried underneath there or they he actually like materialized them with his force powers so that was one thing that was kind of confusing because he's like he's like uh you know kylo i'll give you your own empire right and then he pulls up this like it's so i don't know i don't, I don't know if they call if they use the term conjure but i know that they mentioned that throughout these years since the last war quote-unquote and that's the return of the jedi that palpatine has been amassing the largest fleet ever ever seen in the galaxy and so some that means like he's got to be building these star destroyers because they're they're old style star destroyers you know they're not these new fancy ones from the force awakens and they all have death star technology on them Um, he he had to been building them even back in the day like he had to have been building them but why they were buried, like, I don't know. Uh, that was kind of weird. And then, well, like... Were they he, actually like, buried but, or were they just bring, on the on the ground, like, on dry dock or something? I, well, because he, like, he, he, like, brings his hands up and one Star Destroyer, like, comes up from the ground and then you see the entire fleet. But it's, like, at that point, all the Star Destroyers are manned. Yeah. So, yeah. like, does that mean, like, people, people were on the Star from? Destroyers are just, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're chilling in the middle of the dirt until fucking Palpatine <laughs> can make his grand entrance to, to Kylo Ren. So, like... Imagine that, like you're doing duty and you're like, all right, I'm just chilling here. Yeah, I didn't understand that. I, but how many people have to man a Star Destroyer for it to be operational? I, I was about to say that that thing's, it's huge. It's like thousands, thousands of, people. of people, right? There's yeah. thousands of people. And then they had thousands ships. and thousands of Star Destroyers. Exactly. <laughs> so there must have been at least a million like, fucking servicemen uh, just was, chilling out on Star Destroyers for the last, what, with 60 whole, years? With whole battalions of, st- of, of stormtroopers. And, and TIE fighters. And TIE fighters <laughs> and shit, pilots. And I'm like, these guys, I don't know what they're doing. They're obviously not cloning them. That means they were just like, you know, sending people over there like for the last, what, 30 years? How many long was it? Because even uh, even in that meeting with Kylo Ren and they were talking when they were first talking about this new final order, like they're saying, like, we have to we have to increase our uh, what they call it? our um, recruiting. Uh, are her recruiting, oh, no, yeah. Recruiting. So they gotta, uh, yeah, yeah, it was recruiting, yeah. Well, yeah, because you got to go snatch all, like, more yeah. kids. And, and they're, they're like, to even... Quote-unquote recruiting. Yeah, to even, like, man that fleet, they're going to have to do a lot more. It was crazy. Yeah, and they mentioned that later on with that uh, that young... Uh, um, that one, a, a black woman who, I don't know, maybe Gina? that's Lando. Yeah, uh, that she was taken, and the, the, that's what they do. That's what the, the, fine, the First Order... Or whatever yeah. the hell they are, yeah. that's well, what they, they do. They, 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 the they mentioned that in too, Force right? Awakens. They do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's exactly right. That's what they did with Finn. Uh, and then, um, so speaking of her, I, I don't know if you guys thought that maybe she could be Lando's daughter or what the. F- I didn't get. You know I didn't what, get that. That's what they led up to. Because like we're gonna find out where you're from. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. And then, and then, even in the, um, I guess in the visual dictionary that's coming out for the Rise of Skywalker, it mentions how. Um, uh, Lando, after Return of the Jedi, he was he sat down to start a family, but the Empire kidnapped his daughter, and so oh. he joins Luke to go um, take down these Jedi hunters in hopes of finding his daughter. And then when they find that one guy um, that they're Ochi? going after on that planet, Kajimi, yeah, Ochi, whatever his name was, like then Lando decided to stay there. So I don't know if maybe his lady died or left him or what happened there, but I mean, hey man, bring back Donald Glover. Let's tell that story. I would love that. <laughs> and dude, when Lando showed up, I was like, 
I don't know. Billy D looked pretty good, actually. I don't dude, know, I, man. I, I was good. That's why I texted you. I was like, dude, Black don't crack. Because, like, of all the old OG characters, and, like... I don't know. Like, Wedge looked did pretty damn good, dude. He did. Well, Wedge looked what do you pretty damn good. I mean, he um, had a small in a small part, but, dude, she was Wedge. Dude, but, like, Billy D, like, if you see him in real life, like, he looks messed up. Like, he looks like he's, like, ready. Like, he's already one foot in the grave. But, like, you see him in Star Wars, and he's like, because Wookiees are, are easy to spot. And, like, like he had that swagger. He had... <laughs> the look like it was like it was it was almost like the perfect transition from Return of the Jedi to this movie but then you look at Harrison Ford and he's old and haggard and he's like you know talking like this and like he could barely yeah and then you know god bless her soul Carrie Fisher but she just looked she looked how she looked you know and then even Mark Hamill was looking a little rugged too but Billy D man Kept it tight. And I love how he gave that line. He's like, give my love to Leia. I was like, this motherfucker. He's <laughs> <laughs> try to lay cool. down that pipe. I love that because the second he said that, they played the Leia theme. You know, it's just the yeah. way that they did it was just so great. Um, and then that, okay, so before I have like my, I don't know, this might be my favorite scene of the movie, but before I get to that, I wanted to ask you about this Ochi character, Devo. Have you, is he appear in anything else or was he just debuted in this movie? I haven't seen him before. I haven't heard about him before. So I'm assuming he debuted in this movie. Um, it could be, maybe there's like an episode of a different uh, show, but uh, his species, I think, is. The has same showed as Lupita Longos? No. Um, his, his species had uh, shown up in Star Wars Resistance, I believe. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I, uh, that particular character, I'm not familiar with. Okay. Um, so. This okay, so that they're on that desert planet. Is that that's the planet Kajimi or no? Yeah, that's Kajimi. Okay, so when Kylo shows up with his his ship, I, I forget what what that is. What's it called again? It's um, um, I don't know what his. I mean, it's not a Tie Interceptor. Um, it's it's not a Tie Striker. I don't know what he's it's the called. only one that has it too. I can't remember. Actually, I take that it, back. It, uh, Moff Gideon had that too, I believe. No, uh, he had, no, a, he had, he had, had a, a TIE fighter. fighter. He had a TIE yeah. fighter, like a modified TIE fighter or some shit. Yeah, because the wings never, fold in and I shit I never like saw that. that before. That shit was crazy. And that's one thing about this movie too is like the TIE fighters that are chasing the Falcon at the beginning, they had light, uh, hyper, uh, hyperspeed installed I, on them. Yeah, that was dope. Which is something uh, the TIE fighters typically don't have because they're no. like, they're short range fighters. Yeah. Um, and that whole, that whole like light speed skipping yeah, scene talk was about fucking that for a badass second. too. How did he Dude, do that? that? Show was sick. Without dying. That, I, I mean, he just... Maybe Guessed? like, but that's Poe Dameron, right? He's supposed to be the greatest pilot in the galaxy, and they he show that know. in the Force Awakens. They show that in this movie, like the fool's pulling maneuvers, and he's you know doing the, and like he's like light speed skipping, and like even like Ray's like, you can't do light speed skipping. He's like, turns out you can, and like the fool's just like, uh, but like even then, there's a couple times where like he pops out of light speed, and he's like right in the middle of a city. You know, it's just like maybe he he reads the map or the nav computer is so great or whatever, or maybe it's uh you know uh, L four still in the Falcon like helping him out. Who knows? <laughs> so. Okay, now the that uh, battle that Ray had with Kylo, where she um, like uh, sliced off the wing, and you know, then they have which was badass number one. That was fucking dope. Uh, and then and then she blasts Chewie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that was the thing when they were pulling, trying to pull down that transport. Uh man, that was a tense fucking scene, man. I, I didn't that, know, dude. That's straight from the force, uh, force unleashed. Yeah, that I was, was fucking the same dope, thing. Man. Like, that's only t- that's the only time we ever seen that. 
Yeah. And you know what's funny is obviously every time I see that scene with fucking Thanos in Avengers Endgame where he grabs the the particles from the moon and shit and brings it down upon the planet, I always think of Starkiller and fucking uh, in The Force Unleashed because he brought down that fucking that planet or what, I forgot what the fuck it was. It was a Star Destroyer. A Star Destroyer down to the yeah. planet. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that Star Destroyer thing was way more impressive than this. But it was still really cool to see them battle against that because she would have brought it down easily. But them battling against it, and then obviously you think Chewie's in there, which they tricked us. But uh, yeah. when she, when they have that reveal of the Force Lightning, did did number one? I, I thought it was a great reveal. I thought it was a really awesome moment. But did either of you think in that moment that that was the clue that made you believe that she was Palpatine's granddaughter? I, think, I, didn't I mean, see obviously, it, so. I think that's intended. The, the, so there's another when thing that I didn't again, notice until I read about it, and then I saw it again. Um, in that scene when the, she's on that desert planet, and then Kylo connects with her, and they're having their talk. Um, uh, she's talking to that little kid, and she's like, my name's just Ray." Yeah. Right, and then she's like, "Huh?" And then she gets up and she looks around and she sees Kylo. And Ky- the first thing that Kylo says to her is, "Palpatine wants you dead." And so, if you connect the two, it, essentially those two lines are Ray Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of like a little hidden message there as well. Yeah, they alluded to it a couple times well, for sure, well, especially remember, when you watch it a second time. I remember when we first—I mean, I don't know if we covered Force Awakens, but I know we had our conversations about it. I mean, there was only a few options for her, for the her reason to be so powerful. There was only a few options, right? Um, reasonable options in the Skywalker series. One, she was Obi-Wan's relative somehow. Two, she was the most obvious, she was Skywalker. And three was the Palpatine. It was, you had three choices. And what they chose, they chose a Palpatine, which makes perfect sense because Palpatine is so strong and it would explain why she is so attuned with the Force, I suppose. And I think is a more interesting path than having I, her be Luke's daughter or Obi-Wan's daughter or granddaughter. I, I, t- or what I have totally you. agree. I, mean, I agree. From but such an th- evil character comes so it's, you know, pretty much the ones that brings balance back to the force. And, and it also brings up the biggest question of when did Palpatine find time to bone down yes. to get a son? That's what I was asking. Was it, That's what I wanted so, to know. So was it, a, was it a son or was it a daughter? Was it, what, the did son. it explain? It was a son. I, I, yeah, I think it was, it was a, a son. son. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Because I, I always... I always Okay, it was a son, all right. Yeah, I believe it was a son. Uh, uh, who knows? Who chose not to participate in the force, right? Or be, you know, use... I, I don't know. They don't explain it. That's why... That was the one weird thing about this whole thing was like, okay, so he had a well, son and no one ever knew but, this? With, with who? That... But that, uh, well, yeah, that I don't know. But that Ochi guy, he was a Jedi hunter and he was hunting Jedi. So maybe he knew he was able to find Palpatine's kid because... You know, well, I think I think he found what's her face. Uh, she was so strong with Ray. the force. Remember, yeah, I think Ray. I think she. I think she found Ray. Um, I mean, just because it's also po- is it also possible? I mean, they obviously don't touch upon this in the movies, but you know, for all intents and purposes, is it possible for Jedi to procreate and not have a force sensitive yeah, child? I, w- I was about to say that you don't necessarily have to be if you have strong Jedi parents. Necessarily, you're gonna maybe. Uh, force strong and it doesn't have to do anything with metachlorians or anything it's just it's just uh, that's how the ball rolls right um it just it just happens to be a higher chance if one of your parents is a strong jedi you uh, i mean i think this is i think if you go back to episode one it's no sooner apparent than the fact that shmi was not anything with the force right she had anakin that's true yeah i mean i don't like how i don't like how they explained it but essentially right yeah i don't know 
They never explain who the father is, or he was. She was. He was just you know the virgin birth bullshit. But yeah, exactly. whatever. Yeah. They they tried to touch upon it in the comics, as saying that Palpatine was like the conjurer of it, but that got shot down. Yeah, that's that. Was, I'm glad that's dumb. But yeah, Disney straight up came out and they're like, yeah, no, that's <laughs> this was ridiculous. I mean, I was. Ah. Don't even get me started with that stupid well, thing. Well, because it's like a like a. Did, uh, did you guys like, catch a John Williams in the movie? Yeah, yes. he was the bartender in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, was was awesome. that was great. I loved it. I was like, "That's John Williams!" Hell yeah! And this is like, I- I'm glad that he agreed to score these films. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, because and he's like, older be, now. Being he, the, the last Star Wars movie, like you have to have John Williams. Exactly. He did Last Jedi, or he didn't do that one. No, he did. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. He he didn't do Rogue One or Solo. Um, okay, that's uh, true. Michael Gia, right. Giannoco, Giacono, whoever. An Italian. Um, yeah, he did Rogue One, and I don't know if he did Solo as well. Um. Okay. So, Devo, I have a question for you. Um. And Gooch too. After Ray, you know, throws the lightning and the transport blows up before they reveal that Chewie's alive. What were your emotions at that moment when you first saw it? Because for me, I just, I was like, fuck. I don't know if I can handle this shit, man. I know it has well, to end, but fuck, oh, man. Well, I mean, they kind of <laughs> needed that dagger. So I Ugh. figured, I mean, if he's not alive, they're at least going to need to find that dagger, right? So, so yeah, exactly. I, in the back of my mind, it's like, okay, I mean, Chewie may be dead. He may be dead. But well, it doesn't no matter, matter what, the dagger was destroyed. Exactly, the dagger gonna be destroyed. I mean, it, it was it survived out in the desert for forever. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, they're gonna have to need that dagger. So they're they're. I was what I was gonna say. I was like, I wonder if they're gonna go and this was this was worrying was worrying me. Right, was whether or not <laughs> if Chewie was really dead, and knowing that they're gonna have to go get the dagger, were they gonna have to go through the wreckage and find like Chewie's you know oh, God. charred corpse down there? Like his his hand is still holding on to the dagger. The dagger, right? I, I or don't he's think like I could have handled that. Or man. he's like cuddling the dagger, like protecting it. You know, I was like, that would have been some intense the waterworks, fucking, man. Yeah, the waterworks shit. Yeah. I, I couldn't um, have handled that, man. Oh, it's God. like when when Chewie. Uh, you know, I felt so bad. Or like when 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 they when they land back uh, on whatever oh, planet God, they were, man. and then like and, the general's and gone, and, and that fool just dead. loses it. And Chewie, poor Chewie, man, he just. He's like, get he, off me. Don't touch he, me right no, now. He just crumbles, dude. He, he's like, he gets on the ground. He, he's just wailing. He's, he's lost Han. He lost yeah. Luke. He, lost he Luke. just he lost, lost Leia. Leia, yeah. It was... He, yeah, that was yeah. intense. Oh. That, the, the field's brought me back there. It was... It was uh, I, that, I, was that was intense. I, I got a little teary-eyed in the theater. I'm not going to yeah, lie, that man. Was, I mean, I didn't, yeah, I didn't rough, get... Man. I, didn't, I didn't... See, I knew Leo was going to go, but seeing Chewie, I was like, ah, oh, no, Chewie doesn't need to go through that. For 250 years, who knows how many friends he's seen die. Uh, yeah, especially Poor considering guy. the fact like his planet was like fucked up by the Empire and all this yeah. shit like that, subjugated yeah. and everything. Um, but yeah, that I'm, I was like, thank God he's alive. Thank God he's alive. <laughs> I don't think I could have handled that one, man. Um, now, I have to ask you guys, that Babu Frick, was that the name of the character? Babu Frick. Babu Frick. Now, number one, the character, I, I don't know. It's like one of those things where that could go really wrong, but that character was funny. I enjoyed that character. Um, and, and it, it was animatronic, by the way, which was cool. Yeah. And it wasn't too much. Um, and 
you know, like it wasn't like all, it wasn't all just like, Hey, it's a funny character. It was like, it does a funny language, says some funny, you know, and, and like, it sounds funny. And it wasn't until like, uh, you know, when th- I think 3PO comes back and like, it's like, Oh, hello, I'm Babu Freak. You know, it's like, like, that's when it's funny. And then like when she comes in, when <laughs> Zari comes in at the, uh, the end in the ship, he's like, he's ah! there. Yeah. it's like, okay, there's, yeah, yeah. Like, all right. That's, that's a little silly, but you know, like, that kind of touches upon another point I want to make is is one thing I really appreciate this movie is that it brings back Star Wars humor. Yeah, and I when you go him. back to the prequels, like the prequels, it's like dick and fart jokes, right? Yeah. But in this movie, it's like everything's subtle. Like when they first go to Kajimi and they see that, per, you know, the, per, the festival going on and then 3PO is like, he's like, oh, we're so lucky. Only once in 42 years do they do this celebration. And like everybody's like, you know, face palming and things like that. And then they're like, oh, they're being all sarcastic. And then 3PO is like, yeah, really? And they all turn to 3PO and he looks at him and then he turns behind to like to try to see what they're looking at like that's small <laughs> like that's subtle Star Wars humor I um, you're talking about you guys are talking about that little the little the guy that fixes right? yeah yeah I thought his character was like salacious crumb even sounded like him so I yeah, loved him a little bit yeah uh, I, I and, loved um, him he was like you know wiggly and in, in, in yeah I thought he was a great character and what do you think about uh, Carrie Russell she looked hot in that freaking suit, dude. dude all you saw were her eyes, and there's I, a couple of scenes where she's walking away. She's sporting that booty. It's just whoo. and the way the way she <laughs> talked, dude. Jesus. And Paul Dameron was going was trying to get a piece. Yeah, she was going to want to get a piece with her of Poe Dameron too. Like the, the like they're about ready to die, and he's like, "Can I get a kiss?" <laughs> I know. And, then, and then at the end, when they're then we're walking through the crowd, and like she they see each other, they give each other a nod, and he's like. Hey, what do you think? And she's like, no. He's like, All right, yeah, I get it. That's okay, 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 okay. hilarious, dude. <laughs> I and like that part. That was funny. You know, the, the funny thing about that Babu Frick character is he was like an animatronic where in some of these other movies, you know, even Last Jedi, even Force Awakens, they sort of went the route of CG, but in this one they went animatronic. And I don't know if you guys caught this, but there was a, there was a shot where they blew up that, that planet and yeah. it was actually like a model. You, it looked like a model. Like they, it, mm. I almost, they didn't even try to make it look real. They made it look like a model, and I think it was on purpose as an homage to the way that they did it in the original trilogy. And it's just stuff mm. like that that I really love. Did you guys catch that? Uh, I didn't. I didn't catch that whole model look, but that's yeah. one thing that I really do appreciate. And like even like Do, like knowing that Do and and BBA are models; they're not CG characters just rolling around. Because um, like we talked about this when we were talking about the Clone Wars, is when R two and three PO go in that droid factory, the entire okay. thing is CG and it looks Ugh. so terrible. We're like flying um, around; it looks so garbage. Yeah, and like and that's one reason why I love Rogue One so much yeah. is because not only do they have so many practical effects in that movie, love but all the technology and the physical technology they look like they pulled it from the seventies to make yeah. it look like it was in, you know built in the, in that same era of Star Wars. Yeah, it's um, great. It's a great film. I love Rogue One. Yeah, and and so like you know the, having Bobo Frick being an animatronic character like he gives that life that like Gooch said it reminds you of Salacious Crumb that you can only get from Salacious Crumb. You see yeah. Salacious Crumb as like an animated character in the cartoon it's not the same because no. the the puppet just has a different life mm-hmm. the uh, but you guys should go back and take a look at when they blow up that planet kajimi next time you guys watch it watch that and and you can tell it is a it's a prop that they that they blew up uh, it was a practical effect um now the um so the thing where the babu frick character sort of unlocked cpc3po's ability to translate the sith and his eyes turned all red I I don't know if you I thought it was cool as fuck. 
But also I was thinking beyond that, what if there was some version of a of a protocol droid like that that had the red eyes that was sort of, you know, running around with a Sith Lord at some particular time? That would be pretty fucking cool. There are in the comics. Yeah. In the really? comics, there's, there's a character called C3. Yeah, there's a character called C3PX, and it's essentially a, a golden assassin droid that has the red eyes. Oh. And then there's another one in this um, Darth Vader series. Um, I forgot what its name is, but it's a it's like a gray one that has the red eyes. And then there, it's followed by an R4 Astromech that's like a. Um, uh, like a bomb diffusing droid and uh, like it's apparently impervious to destruction things like that so like th- uh, there are like these evil protocol droids out there with yeah, the red I mean, eyes if you look I mean I don't know if they have red eyes but if you look I mean it closely I don't know if it was in Return of the Jedi or in Empire Strikes Back there are like it's a stark black pro- protocol droids walking around in the background yeah they have them in the New Hope also in the New Hope yeah okay so yeah. They're, it's, it's like they're stark black right but yeah. these ones particular are on Star Destroyers yeah. So they they work for the empire, and I'm I'm guessing they they have protocols that are technically evil because they are working <laughs> for the empire. But uh, I mean, it makes you it makes you wonder. They didn't like for the for C three PO. They didn't even, they didn't even question whether or not he was one of their protocol droids in, in you know in, in their in the in the original in the original trilogy. So I mean, yeah. they must have all sorts of these protocol droids working everywhere. Whether what yeah. color they are it doesn't matter. I mean, they must they must you know they must. I don't know why it would be black just for the aesthetic view because we're evil because we're evil <laughs> but I thought <laughs> I thought the red eyes were cool like yeah, it, that's because yeah, it's the color of the Sith and that's yeah. hiding behind a, like it's a just Sith a nice firewall. touch yeah I, I agree yeah. it's like a Sith firewall and I thought that was cool and um, there, there's there's one thing that's kind of weird for me to say but this movie like it it brought back something that I think has been missing from some of the, 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 the movies in the past. And that's C-3PO like C-3PO. He's not really a plot driver, but he provides this sort of levity and this sort of, uh, comedy that, um, uh, that you got a lot in A New Hope in The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi that's been missing from the prequels and even The Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Like, you, there's... C-3PO had maybe, like, four lines in those those last two movies, but in this one, he had a big... Uh, probably about the same size role as he would have in, um, you know, Empire or New Hope. And it's, it's, it's interactions with 3PO that are... You know, there's something that the character brings that you don't know you need until it's gone and then you yeah. cut, bring it back. It's like, that's something I've been missing from my star Wars movies, you know, like yeah. even at the end when, or like when, when, um, uh, when they're going to be wiping, um, uh, through Bio's memory and like the entire time he's like, Oh, I could think of a better idea. And then even like Ray, <laughs> like, 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 he's like yeah, yeah. And he's, he's, he's like, he's like, um, you know, he's like, I'm sure there's another way we could do it. And like Ray turns to him and she's like, you know, the odds better than anyone. And he yeah. like looks at her and he's like, Oh shit, somebody actually listened to me for once. I was like, damn, that's like a connection with a droid that like you've never had in any of these movies before. <laughs> I like the C-3PO stuff. Yeah, it, it was pretty even, good. It was particularly even, good. In even this. when they erase his memory, it, like it went back to New Hope C-3PO. And it was cool how they incorporated him as this like crux of the plot. You yeah. know, because a lot of these yeah. movies, he's just sort of in the background or some secondary character. But actually, he was the key in a lot of cases, just yeah. like R2-D2 was the key, was the key in, the, in, in Force Awakens. Last Jedi, right? Yeah. Oh, Last uh, Jedi, yeah. Uh, so like, when they when they when they fall through the sand thing and then like pose like Ray Finn and then three people is like you didn't call my name sir but I'm okay <laughs> <laughs> and BB-8 was the key in in uh, in episode in uh, episode seven so I, yep. I think there is a a theme that they've sort of continued on with 
I was curious what you guys thought about what they did with General Hux in the in this film, uh, given the fact that he turned out to be the you know the the spy, the traitor. And I thought that he actually went out quite weak, but in, but and but in retrospect, when I think about it, it's kind of apropos for his character, considering how Weasley he was. So in in um in the Force Awakens, he was like. I felt like he was more of the leader of the First Order, if anything else. Yes. And, you know, like he was obviously the dude behind the Starkiller base and that was his baby and, and things like that. And so in The Force Awakens, he's more of a leader. But then in The Last Jedi, he's just like this, you know, sniveling, sniveling little weasel character. Um, and then in in Rise of Skywalker, he just continues being that little bitch, essentially, you know? Like, even when Kylo Ren comes back with his mask, and he's like, I sense you uh, you feel a little uneasy about my appearance, General Hux. And then he's like, oh, you mean the mask? No, sir. Good job. You know, it's like, he's just a little bitch. Um, and when he goes out, it's like... <sighs> Uh, he, he, he went out kind of how he's been portrayed in the past couple movies. It's like it's like Captain Phasma, right? Like, she was supposed to be this badass, and then she was like, all right, you know, she got tossed in a trash compactor. Then she shows up in Last Jedi, and she goes out like a bitch, too. It's like, mm. you know, eh, it sucks, but, you know, here's what I, it is. I, uh, I thought it would, he went out a very Empire-type way, <laughs> uh, so it was fine. What I didn't like at first was when I'm like, who is this other general? Why did... All of a sudden, Hux have to start talking. You know, uh, uh, you know, um, it, like he was the new leader, right? The the general pride or whatever. Yeah, uh, and, until, and, and, and they, and they uh, made no, it seem like he was the spy. Exactly right. And then uh, obviously, until they show that he's talking to the emperor and he knows what he knew what was going on eventually, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I didn't like it. I didn't like his death until that point. But Once they, they did figured, mention Gooch, that I think there was a scene where they mentioned that. He was like, I served you in the last war. Well, that's what, but that was after the, that's after he got killed. That's after no, he no, killed him. No, no, he, yeah. No, he says but, that um, to Palpatine. But he, but yeah, he says, but, uh, he says, I'll serve you as I served you in the old wars. Well, yeah, so I but, wonder I mean, if he was there for the Clone Wars also. Well, and that's what I'm saying. No, but that's what I'm trying to get at. But you find that out after he kills Hux. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah that's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Once he says that to the to Palpatine, it's like, oh, okay. He must have been he must have been working with uh, with the Emperor for this whole time, which makes more sense now. But who was why he? He is Hux's. Well, I don't know. Was he, in, any, was he in another movie? He's a he's a MacGuffin fool. I don't know. He's just he's there. Okay, he's all the Emperor needed somebody to be there. Boom, he's there. Yeah, that character's <laughs> never been things. around before. It, it, that's, he's just it's, he's whatever. He's he's the one okay. of those guys. That's why it made me. That's why it made me confused. I kind of made angry why Hux got killed by this guy. Up until he said, you know, I think, think, you know, you are my emperor. How can I serve you? I served you through, you know, through all these other, you know, all these other wars. And that made sense why he was uh, Hux's superior. Yeah. So it, 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 you know, it closed that execution well for me. So, okay. So I have a, a bone to pick with Star Wars right now. And maybe you guys can sort of alleviate my, uh, uh, my criticisms. I will not be okay. leaving your bone. Uh, the the scene where they showed the the wreckage of the star of the star of the what was it the fucking Death Star? Yeah, on that planet. Now, okay, there. Okay, okay, okay. I'm trying to think of the 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 physics of this, the logistics of this whole thing. So you're telling me that this Death Star, the size of a fucking planet, right? And it's the second Death Star, so it was even bigger than the first one, if I'm not mistaken. 
right? Yeah. So the second Death Star crashed on another fucking planet. Oh, after that's it just got part of the blown debris. up. It's just, it, it's just part of it. I mean, it, it yeah. got totally obliterated. It was just part of the... That's yeah, what I'm saying. To, that happened to be part, the part where the Emperor's, like, like you know, Court, the chamber viewing, viewing chamber yeah. was. Okay, the, was. there's, the, there's that debris that... that the, but there's debris that landed on the forest moon that was in Return of the Jedi, and there's other moons around yeah. Endor that, that I mean, it, they don't specifically say it, but, like, you know, or who knows how deep that ocean is. Maybe there's a ton of the ocean in there, but um, uh, I... Even when they when it was the Falcon that's approaching Endor, you can see all the moons and all the different planets, even mm-hmm. though you don't see them in Return of the Jedi. So I mean, like I think it's just kind of an obvious, like, hey, here's all other places where the Death Star could have landed. But the funny thing is, is that if you think about the vastness of space, the likelihood that these pieces would like land on another planet is actually low. Well, I mean, they're close. They have to get pulled into the gravitational. At the end of the day, we're talking about a fucking space station that blows up planets. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I yeah. don't know. It's just like, ugh. okay. I can, so, so I get past that. That's fine. <laughs> now, when they get on, that's, that was my bone to pick. Then I want to talk about how when Kylo and Rey have that fight there. And I think this goes back to the fight in Force Awakens. Obviously, that fight, Kylo lost. And, you know, he was criticized for it severely by Snoke for losing to someone who doesn't know anything about the Force. But at that time, he had just killed his dad. He was injured. These different things, right? But this was Kylo at his full potential and Rey having already been trained. I don't know if you can consider mm-hmm. her, her Jedi Master at that point, but she had essentially reached as far as she could with Leia being her her master. Maybe a Force ghost would have to, like, tra- train her of whatever, right? But nevertheless, and I, I don't know if you guys thought this, but it seemed to me he beat her straight up. Yeah. He could have killed her. So he he beat her. Just yeah. period point blank, he beat her. And he beat the, her down. Yes, and the only reason that she was able to kill them is because he's distracted by his mom, and then obviously Ray heals him, which turns to which which turns to be the which ends up being the turning point for his whole character. Right? He, he throws the lightsaber into the ocean, and he sees a, a vision of his father, which is essentially him talking to his conscience. Um, and then uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but it, it, even though it was even though it's slightly cliche and tropic. I just really like how they handled his character, not only in that scene, but in the movie overall, especially when you frame it towards the context of the other two movies. I mean, yeah. this was like one of the turning points of the character. And then obviously the other things he ends up doing when they get to Ex- Ex- Exegol. Exegol, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, what did you guys think about tur- that? I loved his turn also. I think that was the big thing. They handled his turn appropriately. Like when, when he gets distracted by his mom and then Ray fucking finishes him and then she saves him and she's like I wanted to take your hand but I wanted Ben's hand and then she bounces and then he's like alright and then he has the vision of his dad like that was like oh shit like I did not expect that whatsoever and I thought that was a nice little touch as well Um, because they essentially recreate the scene from The Force Awakens but it plays out much differently and then (laughs) like he like 
you end Han Solo with the most iconic Han Solo line where like Ben's like dad and like he's like visibly upset he can't like he's choked up he can't say the words so fucking Han Solo does what Han Solo does he's like I know yeah. and then the fool just turns around and tosses that lightsaber and then he like when when he Ben turns around after that like it's almost like a like you could see the weight's been lifted off his shoulders and it's like alright now we've got a yeah. different kind of character and then even like obviously like they did his hair differently and stuff like that but when he's Ben um, uh, you know uh, when he's fighting the the, uh, the Knights of Ren he has a different fighting style uh, you know it it was kind of weird seeing him smile at the end after he and Ray kiss but it's like I do love how you can have this character that for the last two and a, you know two and a half movies has been this like super emo dark driven character and now he's a complete 180 it was really really cool um, I mean, I think it was too obvious. I mean, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I just think it was a bit too obvious. I knew you were going to say this, Gooch. Yeah. Go ahead. It's because it's true. I mean, I, I, I so knew big, it was going to Obviously, be, it's cliche. It, it's very, very cliche. But I mean, it was it, it was real obvious what was going to happen, right? Uh, I mean, you knew that from episode seven, though. Yeah, I, I understand was, that. You know what I mean? You know, I understood that. And and I, it's true. I liked how it, how they did it. I liked how... He reconciled with uh, with Han Solo. That I didn't expect uh, him to be back when I watched it. Um, I did like that. I like seeing Han. Han's my one of my favorite characters, so I liked seeing him back in even in even in ghost form. Um, but <laughs> I, you know, I him saving Ray after she obviously saved the universe or whatever. Uh, I, I think that they could have done something else with it. Him force healing her. Obviously, he had to use all of his force to kill to, to save her because she's so much more powerful than he is. Uh, but I mean, it was okay. It was a bit too obvious in the way they did it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like that. He, like he had to give his life essentially, like his entire life force to give her life again, and then yeah. he becomes one with the force and he disappears. Yeah, it, that's fine. That's fine. And I like. I it. do. I do like that. The one thing I did like is when he disappeared, Leia disappeared. Yes, I, I yes. did. I did I, I, pretty much at the same time. I did you know like what? that. I thought, you know what I thought was awesome about that particular part was, you know, if he lives and Ray lives and they have that kiss, presumably they would have gotten together and had some uber kid, right? But that didn't happen, and they, in that moment, you see that that really was the end of the Skywalker line. Like, if I mean, obviously Ray takes the name and everything, but the blood relatives of Anakin are gone now. And yes. it, it, it was just this finality to it that, to me, at that moment was like, okay, yes, this is the end of the Skywalker saga. That made sense to me in that moment, you know? Um, and now the, the, yeah. the name lives on, but the blood is now gone, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, that was, and really, I think like everyone had mentioned before, the Skywalkers were the thing that actually brought imbalance to the Force. Yeah. You know? Yeah, technically, um, yeah. Technically, right? So, um, and speaking of the Skywalkers... <laughs> I just fucking loved Mark Hamill in this movie. Um, <laughs> he wasn't in it for very long, but he's just like, what are you doing? It's just He's so perfect in everything that he says and <laughs> just the way that he is. He's just this rugged look. He just looks like a grizzled ass old Jedi. You yeah. know what I mean? He just looks like the perfect... I could have never have imagined that Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill in episode four would have ended up looking the way he did in episode nine. He just, to me, just there's just something so perfect about him, even though he looks super grizzled. And um, I... I he when he brought the X-wing out, um, 
I was just like, gosh, this is so... I, it's on the nose, and it was had to play the same music, but it just felt so good to see that. And uh, Devo, I have to call. I called you. I have to call you out. I believe if you go back to the to the uh, to the episode where we were talking about episode seven, you said that that X wing would not work, and it fucking did. And I just wanted to let you know that they make indestructible tech in a galaxy far, far away, my friend. <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> that shit's been sitting in the water for how many years, dude? That thing, that, thing's, that thing's been sunken in. Uh, in a swamp and in an ocean, and it should still work well. And that, and that full stripped it for parts too. Yeah, you stripped it for parts, yeah, and it still I works. <laughs> um, yeah. So the so the scene, um, I have a couple more questions here. So hopefully we don't go too much longer. But the scene where Ray confronts Palpatine um, in person, uh, that was like any was unlike anything I had ever seen in Star Wars before. It almost felt like it was out of a different movie. Um, and it's like from the crowd all the way to the contraption that was sort of keeping him alive and moving around. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. I didn't say I don't like it. I loved it. I thought it was great. But for whatever reason, it just felt more like a different dark cyberpunk sort of dark fantasy sci- dark sci-fi thing more than a Star Wars movie. Um, and I thought it was really cool for them to be able to do that in that moment when they could have gone so much more safe, hmm. you know, on some star destroyer in the, in, in like some, like they did ep- end of episode eight, right? Where it's like on some star destroyer in some room, but no, they didn't do that. They went to this place that was completely alien from almost anything we had seen in star Wars before, uh, complete with the lightning and the dark and everything like that. Um, I, I don't know. What, what did you guys make of it when you guys got to that point of the movie? Um, I thought it. I thought I was going to go. Uh, I was just going to say, like outside of the crowd, like all the the Sith acolytes and all that stuff. Like that building. Um, again, like that's that was that showed up in Rebels and like all the lightning and stuff like that. Like that's something that I'm at least familiar with because I've, I've seen it before. But um, uh, like but that that whole Sith throne is completely brand new. Um, you know the whole process of of uh. I, I, I'm assuming it had to be Palpatine's bloodline to strike him down because he's like, I'm going to essentially transfer my essence to you and you're going to become the Empress. Um, but again, like having it be like this weird, just random offshoot that's not like, you know, some one of the three stereotypical um, ice forced sand planets or a spaceship. Um, it was a definitely, definitely a nice touch. Honestly, I was I'm not so I'm I'm surprised they didn't find any aliens on that because that shit looked like what LV two one four six or whatever the shit from Aliens was. It did. Yeah. That's that's what it looked like. Or like one of the giant the the engineers in that motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I looked good though. I looked good and and um, the power that Palpatine had to use the Force lightning to bring down the ships that was ridiculous. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was, was kind of nice. Like when he's like he sucks the life from yeah. Ray oh, and, so and, and, and Ben, and, and he, ben. Like, he rejuvenates himself, and he's got like the glowing eyes. And he's, oh, like, that was amazing! And, and, that, and was, that fool was like, he's like, look what you've created. I was like, yeah. oh shit! That, that when he brought down all the ships, that was crazy. I was like, man, I'm like, I know, I know, Ray's gonna have to kill him, but damn, but Palpatine's going out with a bang with this motherfucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
did you and that uh, fool so, even like when he goes up to Ben he's like he's like as once I was thrown and fallen yeah, now you shall fall you and he tosses yeah. that fool down the crevice I was like damn dude that was crazy how you just toss that fool like nothing I was like oh shit is he dead obviously he's not you know but I thought it was interesting that they didn't bring him back until after Palpatine was gone well, they couldn't. Dude, I thought he was going to come back and help her, but he no, didn't. No, Ray had to. Well, Ray had to kill himself. Well, she was the heroine. She did. So she was. She, yeah, she was. They had to give her her moment. But they had to give her I, to her. Did you? I, I was telling Devo about this before, so he already knows what I'm going to kind of say here. But there was a moment where she was obviously hearing the voices of the Jedi from years past, and she had. And that was an allu- That was sort of alluded to earlier when she was floating the rocks, and she was like, "I can't hear the voices, or they can't hear me, or something like that." Um, and then that moment, she finally was able to commu- commune with them. But I was actually hoping. I don't know if you guys thought this, but I was hoping that when she. They were showing her, and when she stood up, that behind her would be standing the Force ghosts of all the major Jedi in like a half circle around them, and then yeah. it would sort of like visually, you know, illustrate to the the audience that she was using their power to overcome Palpatine. It wasn't just her herself, yeah. you know what that, I mean? That would have been a nice touch because I mean, oh. like fucking, they're in the middle of like. I'm assuming those were all Sith from the past, like. I don't know if they were like actual Sith acolyte followers or what, but like, um, I think they were the ghosts of the Sith past, probably their yeah. civilization. And so, like, it would have been nice to have like, because like you hear Mace Windu, you hear Anakin, and you're like, it's nice to hear the voices, but it would have been cool to just be like, oh, they're there, like that's them, like just one know. last time, right? You well, know, yeah. would have to pay them, so so that's I don't what give they a damn. Do pay them, fuck! You spent two hundred seventy-five million dollars on the movie. I'll, Fifty <laughs> you know, million dollars more. Well, what was shocking was that they already paid him for the voice that didn't shock me at all that they didn't have her there what was shocking is that at the very end the only force ghost that she sees is Leia and Luke that was weird that that was weird I was was expecting and maybe not Yoda but maybe maybe uh what's his face at least um at least Kylo yeah Yeah. but I think I think it's because she yeah I thought Ben Ben Solo I think it's because those were the only two that she ever knew of she never knew who Yoda was am I wrong no, well, that's but the, no, yeah, but Yoda connects to her, uh, like, because he's one of the voices talking to her to like rise and get up and stop being an but ass. Does she know who they are? No, but it's Yoda the Jedi that are connected yeah, to I her. Point, yeah. we're, we're, but even still, like, she, like she's like, I'm all the Jedi, so all the Jedi live in her. Yeah. So yeah. like, I she's mean, like, and maybe that could be part of her journey, like the next couple of years. Like maybe they could have a movie or something where it's like she's getting in touch with these Jedi from the past to learn all about you know the Force through them. I mean, I would have liked to have seen all the Skywalkers. So at least Darth Vader, Ben, mm-hmm. uh, Leia, and Luke, and Luke. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I would like to see that because they're, they're, it's a last, you know, they were, they're all dying. They're all dead now. So I would like to yeah. see in them. And she was going to take their name too. So. Exactly. Exactly. So they, they you should have had, yeah, I think they should all been there. Yeah, they, I think, they I think even Han should have been, I mean, Han wouldn't have been there because no, he's not, he's not forced. He's not forced. He's not forced. I, he can't. You know, yeah, I guess so. I, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's why they wouldn't show them all in that scene because maybe some of them weren't powerful enough to have a force ghost. Well, I mean, we you know, know, we know. Well, we know Obi Wan. Obi Wan, Obi Wan for Yoda sure. Could do it. And we could do um, Star had do one it. or anything like that. Yeah, obviously, you know. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I'm a little disappointed. Qui Gon wasn't there because his voice was the first. He's the first Jedi to actually reach out from the beyond, I believe. Yeah. yeah. But you and know. he's the one that he's. He, it's his goddamn fault. All this shit happened, anyways. But um. <laughs> <laughs> the least he could do to sh- is to show up and help out a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then. Um, there's a the scene when Lando comes back with all the reinforcements before they start to, to take down the Armada. 
um, and they play that theme, it's just, I had goosebumps, man. I don't know about you guys, but it was just, I was like, fuck, this is Star Wars, man. This is awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when that fool's like, there's nobody coming, and then Hans, or yeah. uh, Lando's like, no, we're all here, and then like, he uh. peels out, and then so it's just like a massive amount of people. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, cool. That the was guy's so like, fucking cool. What, what Navy is that? Like, they're not Navy, it's just people. They're just people. <laughs> they're just people. <laughs> It would have uh, been nice though to see some of those ships actually engage because after that, yeah, like, me too. They all showed up, but then like it was based like everybody started getting zapped, and yeah. then it was really just Poe and other X wings and stuff like doing the thing. You but know, it what? was nice to see like B wings and A wings and Y wings and stuff. What, too. You know what really irked me in this whole movie? It was that's a decent film. It was the Star Destroyers with the super cannon underneath. I thought, I thought that was so silly the way they did it. They could at least they just. And that be, of course, that was their weakness. Of course, it was their weakness, right? I, I thought when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, it's a, cool. It's a starter story. It's going to shoot like, like the, you know, maybe the, 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 you know, the triangle thing is going to, the triangle thing was going to open up and like shoot a huge wave from it. Nope. Oh. It was just a big cannon from the bottom. I'm like, oh, At come the bottom. on. Yeah. It was just a big well, cannon. Uh, uh, I don't it think was, it was their weakness as much it as was, it was, it was, was just like the, cause uh, they even, um, I think it was Poe's like, you know, just he, like, he's like, focus on the cannons. Cause every cannon we destroy is a planet saved. Yeah. Um, but they're talking, about, they're talking about their the the main cannon. They're like if they like you shoot that, it's their weakness. So like they, they show they show them like them like just blowing one up and like the whole well, thing blows up. Oh uh, well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But my interpretation was like let's just, just blow up the cannons because if they can't use the cannons, they can't blow up the planets. No, maybe. Um, uh, what did you guys think about the red stormtroopers? I love. They were awesome. They looked dope. So one thing awesome. I noticed about this, and I, I made a comment uh, to a couple of friends, is that with all these stormtroopers, and especially in this movie when Poe, uh, Finn, and Chewie are running through the Star Destroyer, they're blasting these stormtroopers. They're all you know one one shots. You know they all, they'll take a shot to the chest and they're dead. Like that armor does bullshit. But yeah. with those red stormtroopers, <laughs> they made it a point to show that they would get shot multiple times and then be okay. Yeah, so I, I wonder if that was like I, a if they, if they intentionally said, "Hey, these stormtroopers are like they're badasses compared to like the elite troopers, the first, the crim- yeah, the crimson, the crimson guard." Uh, do you think this has anything to do with what we've seen in the Mandalorian, where that Beskar material steel sort of generates these this armor, and that armor can deflect laser blasts? I don't think it's Beskar, but I think it's because um, I know back in the EU um, there's an armor called Cart. Cortosis or something. And I think it's supposed to be like that. It was like an ancient Sith armor. All, all oh, I know oh, that's what I was gonna say. All I know is that in the orig- in the original series or the original um, trilogy, the only ones that ever get that red armor were their Imperial guards. Yeah, and uh, and they were only the ones that protected the Emperor because they were stronger and they were supposedly a bit force attuned, like the guards themselves. Yeah, because they, they were supposed to have like force super speed. And yeah, things yeah, like that. except like that. And they had like they had like the the for, like a like a uh, like a force spear and stuff like that. They couldn't use a lightsaber. Was that a force had, spear? You know, or was it like a fibro spear? Yeah, it was Some, like a fibro yeah. spear, but it was it was actually like a like a like a it was like a, a lightsaber type thing at the end of a at the end of a spear. Yeah, but um, but yeah, they were the only ones that could use it. I was like, cool. I and mean, I guess they put this special troops and shit that that had the same armor. I guess they were the the elite troops when when I when I saw them. Um, and did what? What kind of weapons did the Knights of Ren end up? Were they vibrant weapons or what, what? I couldn't tell what they were exactly. They, they, they looked like they were just enough. like it looked like one dude had a blaster, one dude had like a fucking cloud strife axe. Yeah, um, well, I, the only thing I saw was one had like a mace. That was awesome. Yeah, 
They, had they like looked a, awesome. Was, I couldn't even, it looked awesome. It definitely wasn't a force base. It was just a mace. Yeah. <laughs> like some lights but on the, it and shit. I still, I, I was telling, I was asking Devo this. I still didn't understand exactly why the Knights of Ren fought Kylo Ren. Like, wouldn't they just go with Kylo Ren against the Emperor? I, I, no, of I course didn't really not. They're really, the, they really the Emperor's lackeys. They always were. Yeah. I guess you're right, you know. Yeah. Um, but then didn't they know that they were going to get killed? No. Because they, they thought they could kill him because he didn't have a saber, I guess? I Probably. Because like, when he gets a saber, they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. I don't know. But he could use his force powers. They had to know that. I don't know. Well, Either he way. tried, but they overpowered him. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. Like, I think um, that's the thing. Is I think they're like, oh, this, this little bitch, we're, we're going to take him out. And like, they, <laughs> they got the upper hand. Like, if they wouldn't have hesitated and allowed him to like the time to connect with Ray, like, they probably would have taken him out. That's crazy, though. To think that they would have killed him. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. it's a movie and he's a good guy at that point. He's not going to die. But um, it just shows you that like without a lightsaber, some of it's I don't know. It just gives him a huge advantage to have that lightsaber. I just it think, um, I think it's weird, though. I think he should be able to take care he of He should have been able to take him out, right? I don't I think know. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like, I mean, he could, like <laughs> I know Darth Vader and all of them, they can do like a surround force push. Like you just go Whoa, and then like they force push everything around him. Yeah, and yeah. what would have been nice if he would have taken out one and then like grabbed their sword and like yeah, took exactly. them to town. Yeah. But then you do, but then obviously they did something a little, not maybe not cooler, but like that real cool effect of where like they transferred the saber to each other, and then cool. Ray's got Leia's saber, and um, I thought it would have been kind of cool if if she would have um, passed uh, Leia's saber onto to Ben. Yeah, I thought you so know, too. Mother son, but he got Anakin, so it is what it is. So lastly, that orange saber. At the very end, I'm assuming that's from the orange kyber crystal um, that she must have gotten in between that time. I, I'm, I don't understand the timeline yeah. there, but the way she flicked it on and the color, uh, because I was thinking that Leia's saber was actually going to be orange in the theater. When I was watching, I was like, fuck her. her I bet you her fucking shit's going to be orange, but it was blue. And then there was an orange yeah. saber. I was like, fuck, okay, that shit looks dope. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a nice touch to have a different color because I think I that's too. also a sign of we're going in a different direction because you know yeah. in the past Jedi blue green Sith red um, now we have somebody who um, is born from the dark side possesses the power of the light is in the middle uh, you know you combine the green and the red you get the orange so um, it's a I don't know, it's a nice little touch um, uh, I. I think it's going to be a double-sided lightsaber because uh, if you look at the hilt uh, as she's like sliding down the hill uh, in the Lars homestead and stuff, it looks pretty long, a lot like um, Darth Vader or Darth Maul's lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. And uh, she did use a double-sided lightsaber when um, she was uh, she saw her dark side uh, vision. So you never That's know. That's true. That's true. So um, did you guys have any more thoughts before we give our scores and wrap up and everything like that? I want to give you guys a chance. Um, for me, you know, I, I kind of said at the beginning, uh, kind of all I wanted to say, uh, had a lot of fun in this movie. Um, talking about it was also just as fun. Um, there's a lot to, to, uh, you know, decompress from the movie. It's, it's, it's very, as weird as it sounds, it's very complex for being a, a linear movie only because there's just so much to look at, um, and so much to take into consideration. But, um, you know, uh, oh, uh, one thing that kind of annoyed me was when the uh, um, the landing party landed on that Star Destroyer in the atmosphere and like all the horses came out and everybody's like <laughs> running on the Star Destroyer to blow it up. I'm like, aren't they a little high up? Like, aren't they going to have some trouble breathing and isn't somebody going to fall off? Like, what's happening here? 
I felt like they were pretty low. Like maybe they were like really a low, couple dude. buildings high. They were? Yeah, they're like they're yeah. like uh, th- like maybe so, like okay, a skyscraper. So, so, high? so, so the ones- so like on the on there's the planet surface, and then they show the entire armada, and then they made it a point to show that that mega star destroyer was like way above everybody else. Yeah, but like even if you look closely, like the the star destroyers were like pretty much on the ground. There were only like a few yeah. a few feet but above it. If and there's then an another air- one. But if it's there's not an like airplane, it, like, a couple hundred feet up in the air, like, if you're standing on the wing, are you going to be okay? Yeah. As long as it's not, like, above a thousand or two thousand feet, dude. No, even then. It, even and then they weren't okay. moving either. Yeah, and they weren't moving either. They were, just, they were just static. That's why when they started blowing up, what was funny is that, now, I agree with you, is when they flew away on top of the Millennium Falcon, because that Millennium Falcon was hauling ass when it flew away, and they were still on top. <laughs> well, that's that's uh, when I was like, okay, what the fuck's going on here? I yeah. understand. I can. Ex- I they can got them. The, they got the mag boots on. Exactly. I can exactly. I can accept the star destroyer because it wasn't moving. But they jumped like thirty feet onto the fucking onto the onto the Millennium Falcon. Probably Didn't broke their something. Legs. Yeah, exactly. Probably broke something. But they're walking as the Millennium Falcon's flying away. I'm like, come on. Um, when how'd you feel when Chewie got that medal at the end? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I loved great. it. He had to. He, he was the one that was. He was missing it from the from the first film. And uh, did you think that Chewie and Maz were gonna kiss? At first, I thought. You know, at first, I thought she was gonna like. You know, because Professor just, more love to her, right? To, or, or like just plant one on him, and be like, that's exactly. My, that's my Wookiee right sh- there. When he like uh, when she showed him the the medal, I was like, oh shit! All right, all right. And he they gives got her that me. look. You know, he gives yeah, her exactly. that look. It's like, yeah. oh man! It's like yeah. when his, yeah. his grandpa so you think that was, was watching the, the porn. Yeah, you think that yeah. was Luke or Han's me. medal somehow? Uh, I don't think so. It's probably his own. I have a feeling it might have been Han's. I hope it's um, not. Let's just say that. So, so that's so. If you notice that when Leia is laying down to connect with um, Ben, she's holding a medal, right? And so, so I don't know if that was Carrie in that scene or if that was just a stunt double. But if that was Carrie in that scene and she's laying down with a the medal, then that might be connected to Han's death in the force awakens mm, like maybe she's okay. like laying down and holding his medal to remember remember him so i'm assuming it's han's medal um it wouldn't make sense for him to get luke's medal yeah. um but if anything happens i mean like obviously leia and han split up and knowing han he probably would have hawked that medal for some cash so i don't know <laughs> uh, and she she you know she found like you know uh what was it uh, memorabilia or uh, you know artifacts you know, they, yes, they established yeah. that in episode seven. Um, okay, so um, I want to talk lastly about where, what you think happens next. But before we get to that, let's give our scores. Um, I don't, I don't think we did. We do it last Jedi one because I don't know. We haven't done last Jedi yet. Okay. We've only done um, Phantom and Attack. Attack. Um, I'm gonna give this one because I did enjoy watching it. I enjoyed it about as much as I enjoyed well, a little bit, a little bit less than Force Awakens because I think Force Awakens was a bit cleaner movie. But I did enjoy watching this one. I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, it's a little bit messy at times, but it's actually a lot of fun to watch. So I would suggest watching it. Um, I would give it a six point five. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> My favorite of the sequels, I like it a lot more than any of the prequels. I like it more than Solo. I don't know how I feel with it compared to Rogue One or the 
original trilogy. Um, I'm not going... To, I'm going to wait. Uh, I don't even know how long I'm going to wait before I, like, decide my final Star Wars order. But, uh, you know, in terms of this one, like, it's... I, I've watched it three times now, and I've been enjoying it more and more every time I've watched it, which is, uh, you know, I... I didn't have that with The Last Jedi. Kind of now when I watch The Force Awakens, because it's been on TV, you know, over the holidays and stuff, um, I've been appreciating that a lot more. When I watch Rogue One, I like it more and more. I just love all the characters and the story and the finality of everything. But, um, you know, this one, I'll give it an eight. Yeah, I was uh, initially thinking a nine, but I think I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Um, 8.5. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I, I, it's one of these movies that has all this so much cool stuff in it. Um, but I think the only thing that really hurts it is the fact that it was coming after The Last Jedi, which I thought was such a debacle. And they really had to spend a lot of time sort of uh, tying some things up that were confusing. Um, and there's some things in Last Jedi that they really didn't address, like the fact that there's like supposedly now a bunch more like people that are just incidentally force users, which they didn't even discuss at all in this. Um, and then I guess Phasma is just dead. She didn't come back or she's just, what, she's just dead. Um, and they, but they explained the Snoke thing. So I was happy with that. Um, and there was just a lot of cool stuff in it. I really enjoyed it. I think it's up there for me. I don't know if it's better than Episode Seven yet, or I think it's probably better than Jedi uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, I don't know if it's better than Four or Five. I don't know if it's better. Solo is really close. Episode Three is pretty close. I need to see that one again, but definitely better than One and Two. Um, so I have it up there pretty high. Um, I liked it. Eight and a half sounds fair. Uh, I might move it up or down over time, just seeing it like Devo mentioned. You know. Um, so I want to finish off. We, we ran long, but this is a big, important movie for both, for all, for all of us. Um, I wanted to, to ask you guys, what do you think, where do you think they go next with Star Wars? Do you think they go next to the old Republic? Do you think they go something we've never heard of before? Do you think they go with a race story? Do you think they go with a Lando Calrissian movie? I know obviously this is outside the context of like maybe an Obi-Wan series on Disney plus or something like that. Um, or Poe Dameron maybe gets his own backstory or something like that. I'm just curious, like not only where you think they're going to go, but where, what would you like them? Where would you like them to go? With Disney Plus, they have a lot of flexibility. They're not just tied to the movies anymore. Um, I think the success of The Mandalorian is really going to open up Disney's eyes. Um, you know, I, they've got the Obi-Wan series coming up and uh, the Clone Wars Season 7 is coming in February. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it, Disney Plus, I think, is going to be a big, big thing for, for, um, the future of Star Wars. Um, I think they're uh, they're obviously utilizing it very well with Marvel, uh, having the Wanda uh, Vision series and the Hawkeye series coming out. But um, I mean the um, uh, Winter Soldier series. So it would be interesting to see, you know. Um, also, uh, Lucasfilm and, and Disney have come out and said that they're not going to do any more trilogies. So, no more trilogy movies. Um, They have not shut the doors on these characters. So, we could see a movie about maybe Poe and Finn or Rey or something like that. And if it takes a movie or two to tell that story, um, then they'll do so. But um, it does sound like the the history of trilogies is done. Um, And I would love to see... 
you know, a much more fleshed out story. Um, maybe go back and maybe, maybe not necessarily go back and see, you know, like Poe and his spice running days or something like that. Um, but maybe even then that would be something that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, cause Han was a spice runner as well. And knowing that Poe Dameron is the same thing, it'd be kind of interesting to see what that life would be like. Um, you know, we've seen all these cool bounty hunters in the movies. And now we get to see what the life of a bounty hunter is actually like in the Mandalorian. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if maybe a two and a half hour movie is, is the right avenue to go. I think that you can get a lot more mileage out of these characters and the stories and be able to tell a lot more um, with whether it's a miniseries or you do two, three, four, five seasons of something. But I'd like to see at least some of the... Um, new trilogy characters, um, Poe, Finn, and Ray get their stories continued on, um, on Disney plus, um, you know, kind of going back. I don't know how I feel about going back to some old things. I like knowing the world or the universe that we're already familiar with and then seeing other aspects of it. That's what I loved about Rogue One because you know what the galaxy is like with the Empire before New Hope, but you get to see a different aspect of it. Same thing with uh, The Mandalorian. You know after Return of the Jedi, what is the galaxy like? What's thing, how are things going on with the Empire? How are things going on with the, with the New Republic, which are going to be touched upon in Season 2? So, the whole galaxy of Star Wars that we know, I'd like to see explored in other ways. Like that whole Star Wars 1313 game that was supposed to be coming out, which is about the, the underbelly of Coruscant. They couldn't do the game, but now they could do a series about it. So, um, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff from the EU that has been thrown out, but maybe now they can go, hey, let's touch on these stories because some of them, they're not too bad. How can we incorporate these in our new canon? Gooch, uh, you know, I've, I'm probably not the best <clears throat> one to ask this question because I honestly don't care. I just, if they do come out with something, I just hope it's something decent. Um, uh, I okay, yeah, okay. I, 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 really, I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, I think I would really like to see what happens next with Ray. I don't care if it's a movie or a show. Um, I, I want to see more Poe Dameron. I love Poe Dameron. I want to see either before this or after this. I just I want to see more Poe Dameron. I want to see more Oscar Isaac. I would prefer a show just because it gives you more, like Debo mentioned, more opportunity to do more different things and you can sort of keep. A lot of the episodes on a smaller scale, like you'd see with Mandalorian, and it doesn't have to be about saving the fucking universe all the time, uh, or the galaxy. Um, I really like the um, the Lando Calrissian character that Donald Glover portrayed. I would love to see more with him, especially if there's some going to be something, uh, you know, Billy D. Williams related uh, later on with this, maybe his daughter or something like that. I, I don't know about that. That that's kind of intriguing to me, um, and. I would really, really, really enjoy, other than the things that Devo mentioned, them incorporating Starkiller into um, mm. the this version of the you know Star Wars universe, and maybe having a show with him um, or some animated vignettes or something like that with Sam Witwer. Um, I would really, really like that, uh, and that, I think that would be really interesting as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, because you, you don't even have to make him like the birth of the rebellion, but like his story of being the secret apprentice of Vader was super interesting. Um, 
you know, it it's already been told in the video game if they can find a way to kind of retell it or recreate it in uh and, and maybe it doesn't have to be a whole star killer version but maybe there could be something where like one of the star killer clones shows up in the mandalorian or it's touched upon in in as a character um you know in the obi-wan series coming up maybe he comes across um star killer at some point and you know maybe he's the one that takes him out or something but it'd be nice to you know touch on some of the characters that we, that we've you know known and loved in the past and see kind of like what they've been up to um or maybe uh one thing that would be kind of cool is how marvel has that what if series um you know uh that's one thing about this uh, force and games as well is is the dlcs were kind of like what if um you know this happened instead of this like there was a um uh, in fact they had a comic series like that called star wars infinities where like what would happen if luke didn't blow up the death star or what happened if luke died on uh uh uh, uh, Hoth, uh, and they kind of retold the stories from those those points of views. Um, it'd be kind of cool to see stuff like that. Um, I think another thing that'd be kind of interesting is um, uh, I don't know how well the show did, but there was a DC show. Uh, fuck, what was it called? But it was basically about like the normal everyday humans that are affected by the things that happen from superheroes. So like when Batman saves a day, but like a building blows up, like what happens to those people in their lives? Like something yeah. like that from an Empire State. Like, like God forbid we have another fucking Ewok movie, but like a giant fucking <laughs> space station blew up <laughs> over their planet. Like what happens to that? To that ecosystem now that there's fucking wreckage all in the in their ocean and stuff like that's got to poison their waters and kill everybody like seeing stuff like that to me is interesting but you know again i'm fucking uber star wars nerd so yeah and i i think one other character that i that i think um is very intriguing that you guys have mentioned to me that i think i'd like to see more of is thrawn Especially live action or something like that, you know? Yeah, because he was introduced um, in Rebels, and he's he's fucking dope in Rebels. And um, one thing that's kind of nice is, a spoiler alert, like, he he wasn't killed off. So, there, there's ways that they could reintroduce him in the in live action. So, there you have it. Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, which ironically is the end of Skywalker, but not the end of Skywalker because Rey is now a Skywalker, um, <laughs> not by blood or midi chlorians, uh, but she's a fucking Skywalker. Uh, that's what she's going to tell everyone. Nevertheless, um, I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the fucking podcast. Thank you guys for um, for watching the movie and fucking talking about this. I, I could, I, I just had to get. We had to get it off. We all had to get it off our chest. I think. <laughs> I love it. Um, so until next week, I'll see you later. See you.